You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode number 23 of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. My name is Scott, and I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here at Hope Church in Las Vegas. We're really honored that you would take some time as a leader to listen to the podcast, whether you are new to our podcast or you've been a listener from the beginning. We're really, really thankful that you would take some time of your day to listen to what we're doing here. The goal of of what we're doing through this podcast is to really equip leaders and challenge them and encourage them. Uh, in their leadership, no matter where God has you leading. So if you've come across this podcast and haven't tuned in to previous episodes, I encourage you to go back on your on your podcast app and and uh, and catch up on all that God's done through this podcast. So also, please uh, review it and rate it. It really helps get the word out. Um, and so enough about the, the stuff about the podcast. I'm here with my friend, my mentor, my pastor, of course, Vance Pittman. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Scott. It's uh, excited about the fall. It's been busy. I've been in two or three states over the last couple of weeks, uh, traveling, and that always uh, adds some intensity. But it's a great time of year. I mean, you know, we're in Major League Baseball playoffs are going on right now as we're recording, and hockey season is in full gear. College football season, go Knights go, yeah, go Knights go. Uh, but it's so it's a great time of year, man. Really doing well, and really excited about today's podcast. Yeah, as Vance just mentioned, really excited about what is going on today. It's not just Vance and I here in the studio. Um, I say studio like we're not in the office at Hope Church, but hey, we'll call it a studio because we got some mics and a computer going. So today we have a very, very special guest sitting down with us. Um, yeah, before the fall, Vance and I kind of mapped out where we were going to head, and, and he had this idea to have a very special person who is leading in an incredibly important area of life, not only in the city of Las Vegas, but really all over the world through her ministry. And so today we have Leslie Schilling sitting down with us, an awesome leader here in Las Vegas. Leslie, how are you? I'm great, and I'm super excited to be with you guys today. That's awesome. So um, for those that may not know who you are and may not be Googling your name right now, um, tell us about yourself. Tell us about who Leslie Schilling is, what do you do, and uh, why have we invited you to the conversation today? Well, all right. Well, um, Leslie Schilling, the draw is from North Carolina, although I live in Las Vegas. Um, I am a registered dietitian and nutrition therapist, and I grew up again in North Carolina, and I was a gymnast. So I grew up with, you know, being active, and I was kind of the kid that was climbing trees and always active and always outside and doing all of these things and ended up being a gymnast and went to Appalachian State University in North Carolina and did my undergrad in nutrition and my master's there in exercise science and nutrition and that's where I met my husband. So I usually say that's the best thing that came out of organic chemistry because <laughs> it really wasn't my grade. But we, you know, Brian will greatly appreciate that because I know he listens. So he will really appreciate you saying that. So, and then um, we moved to Memphis, Tennessee. And in Memphis, Tennessee, we found a church named Hope. How about that? Mm -hmm. And so we went to a church named Hope, and we were there for about 15 years. I started a a private practice there that specialized in sports nutrition and eating disorders. 
and we loved our church and, you know, had a great practice going there. My husband is a college professor. He was there. And twice God called us to Las Vegas, <laughs> and we answered the second call. Um, so, he kind of shut all the doors and, and kind of said, well, if you didn't really listen the first time, I'm going to help you. And end in Vegas, and and we're here in Vegas now, and it was a really lovely transition to um, for my practice and for my husband. Um, how God grew us through moving us west, and I had a, a really great practice in Memphis, and dietitians that worked with me all specializing in eating disorders and sports nutrition and family nutrition, and. Um, it forced me to close that practice and actually pass it along to colleagues there. And then came here to realize that I really needed better boundaries around my time to, you know, be available for my family and to give me the time I needed to do, I think, what God really wanted me to do. And that's talk about what I do professionally, but how um, how sometimes in safe places we get a little backwards and um and talk about diet culture and what that is and how to really, really help people. And so my practice transitioned quite a bit moving, moving West. And, you know, that's me. We're still active. We love Vegas. We hike all the time and we love hope. We found a different hope in Vegas. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. We met uh, my wife and I, we actually live in the same neighborhood with Brian and Leslie. And that's how we met. We met buying homes in that neighborhood and uh, just fell in love with their family immediately and invited them to church. And uh, their real estate agent had also invited them, who is also part of our fellowship, who was also on our podcast not too long ago. Shout out Matt Farnham. Uh, That's exactly right. But with Crown Point Realty. But um, we are just really, really excited about, about having you on today. I'm excited to be here. So if you can't tell, today is going to be a little different. If you missed last month's episode, we discussed an often overlooked topic in the area of leadership, and that is rest. Today, we are going to discuss another sometimes often look overlooked or maybe a taboo subject among leaders, and that is our physical health. And if you can't tell, uh, Leslie is not only passionate about it, but very knowledgeable in this area. And so that's what we will be discussing today on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Yeah, and Scott, I'm so excited because you know we've talked about a lot of things on this podcast that deal with everyday, day-to-day leadership stuff. We've dealt with um, schedule and we've dealt with rest and we've dealt with just a lot of issues that are day to day in the life of, of a leader, specifically to ministry leaders, but to just leaders in general. Uh, but something that is often overlooked in the conversation of leadership is health and nutrition and taking care of your your body because that's a part of the stewardship that God's called us to as Christians is to steward what he's entrusted to us. And one of the things he's given us is our lives, our bodies, our health. And I know for me personally, um, I had a just had a birthday, turned 48 years old. And the older I get, the more important the conversation we're having today is because in the early days of ministry leadership, I could just put my head down and go, and there was kind of no end to the ability to do that. But the older I get, I understand how important this issue is of making sure that you're stewarding not just your spiritual health, but your physical health so that you can maximize the the opportunity God's given you for spiritual leadership. So for that reason, and because I know as I, as I do life with a lot of people involved in spiritual leadership across the country, this is the area that they just often pay zero mm. attention to. So I am 
for a lot of reasons. Really excited to hear what Leslie's got to share today. So she already shared a little bit about herself, but just to give you just more info about this incredible guest we have, she's been writing for the U.S. News for Parents Blog since 2017. She's a registered dietitian, nutrition therapist, sports nutritionist, and nationally recognized speaker. Uh, she's also an author. Uh, co-author of the book Born to Eat Whole Healthy Foods from Baby's First Bite. And we'll put that, of course, that link in the show notes. So you can pick that book up. Uh, through her years as a dietitian and nutrition expert, Leslie's practiced in many settings. I actually just found out when we sat down to do this podcast that she was the dietitian for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, she uh, she has her own private practice. She's written for a bunch of magazines and blogs that you've heard of, Women's Health, Self, Pregnancy, uh, BuzzFeed, The Huffington Post. We could go on and on and on, but we want to get to your awesome content, Leslie. Um, just really, really excited. You can find out more about her at her website. Again, we'll put that in the show notes, but let's kick this off today. What led you, you kind of shared a little bit, but what led you to this passion? What led you to giving your life really to um, giving information and sharing really what, what you're passionate about with people all over the world through different media outlets? What led you to that? Well, it's it's really interesting. Um, so my practice really started had a, a specialty in eating disorders, and we think of that as being relatively rare, and it's really not. One in four people will have some sort of disordered eating, um, if not a clinical eating disorder. And so when I realized, when I really started digging in and learning and 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 working with people who had disordered eating practices. I realized that it really it impacts us. I mean, it, it impacts everybody. Everyone knows someone who is impacted by chronic dieting, which is the number one predictor of having an eating disorder. And so, like chronic dieting, all these, all of these issues related to the pursuing health, but possibly pursuing health in a way that we weren't really meant to pursue health. Um, and so I think what turned like my professional learning um, led me to this connection of like, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but we aren't using the owner's manual mm. that came with our bodies. And because we're using all these extrinsic um, rules and regulations. And when I was dealing with these clients who are very, very sick, I realized, wow, this is our culture. There's this disconnect. Like we don't see this really insidious diet culture and it's in our safe places. And I think that's what turned my professional practice into kind of my, my, it's my purpose. I feel like born to eat actually was the title of my blog over 10 years ago. And it's like, and there are times when this gets really, it's uncomfortable work because you disagree with a lot of people. And so I was like, this has to, this has to be God's idea because this is really uncomfortable. Mm. So when you're arguing with someone about what health really looks like, and it's so multifaceted. And so that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, you know, really helping people understand that diet culture is in, in safe places and and what does that look like and how do you live a life that honors your health and who you are um, without getting caught up in all that so that's how my professional life has really kind of merged with my personal life and values Leslie you just made a statement about living your life in a way that honors your health obviously this is a leadership podcast that we're hosting here so Take that statement and talk to me about that in the life of a leader. How does a leader 
live a life that honors their health? And what does that look like from a leadership perspective? And then maybe you could even go on and talk about what are some some things that leaders can think about or leaders can do to live a life that honors their health? Mm-hmm. Um. I think one of the first things that we really have to think about in honoring our health is like defining where we came up with our um, value for health and and what that looks like. You mentioned, you know, the schedule and the last episode on rest. And I love that you're talking about all of that because I've worked with many leaders and leaders in the church and the schedule is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is literally crazy. And and if you don't have that white space or the margin for things to kind of fall into place or the downtime that you need, you you end up n- your last your last mm-hmm. on the list. You don't take care of yourself. And so I love that it's you know self care is part of this, and it has to be because as a leader we have to model that. Yeah. If we if we're leaders and we're we're making it look like look, I'm, you know, I'm here in this town and I'm, and now I'm doing this and now I'm doing that. And we make it look perfect. We do everyone who looks up to us a disservice by not showing that there's this self-care piece um, that's honoring our health and rest and downtime. And I love that you have mandatory weekends off, you know, that's Mm. wonderful. But what we can really do, I think from, from my perspective, I sit down with a person and, and we have a session and they're like, why are we talking about my schedule? I'm like, because I can recommend everything in, in the world to you. And if you don't have time in your schedule to execute you know, grilling some chicken, <laughs> then yeah. what good is is my recommendation? So we have to back it up a little bit and see what we have time uh, or make time for this, prioritize it and look at it as self-care rather than like this, this extra thing on our schedule. It's self-care. But we also, I think to back it up even further is what is that view of health? Is the view of health... Um, underfeeding our bodies because I can tell you a lot of the people that I work with are so busy tracking calories or this or that that they're they're missing the intrinsic the intrinsic um, skill that God gave us of like hunger like feeling hunger and feeling satisfaction and feeling thirst like we came with an owner's manual that all these extrinsic things in our culture or diet culture teach us that we can't honor our bodies. And I think if we're a leader, we really have to examine if our way of honoring health is cultural or biblical. Mm. And I think we have to start there. Mm. We have to start. Like, am I counting everything I put in my body? Because I can tell you, like, there we've had thousands and thousands and thousands of years where we didn't have nutrition facts labels and people made it. <laughs> people <laughs> made point. it. And they're like, oh, I'm hungry. Okay, I will eat. Or, oh, I'm tired. Put myself to bed. Like, we have an owner's manual. So the first thing to, to do is evaluate, am I living by cultural values or am I honoring my body in a way that that helps me pay attention to the internal regulation system that God gave me. Mm. And I would start with evaluation. Mm, that's great. So when you say that, to, to think about it, not from cultural uh, viewpoint, but from a biblical viewpoint, if you were going to say to a leader that's listening right now, uh, here are the top three things or the top five things that you should be thinking about from a from a biblical worldview as it applies to 
health and this this type of self self care, making sure that you're taking care of your body. What would you say some of those things are that they need to to pay attention to, maybe at the highest level? Because we got some people listening to this who aren't thinking about this every day. They're so engaged in the leadership platform God's called them to. This is last on the list. Absolutely. And so if you were going to give them some bullseyes, some things to start thinking about, what would those things be? The first thing would be like, take a week. You can do this no matter what you're doing, traveling, teaching, whatever you're doing. Take one week and listen to your body. Pay attention. Like we all know what hunger feels like, but does hunger tap you on the shoulder or does it punch you in the face? Mm. If we're not paying attention, it punches us in the face. And so so what does hunger get up, have a breakfast, listen to your body throughout the day? The clock isn't our the clock is external. Sometimes we have to do preemptive eating because we're going into a meeting. Okay, fine. That's that's okay. But take a week and just try to listen to the cues that a body will give you. Am I hungry? Am I satisfied? Um, am I sleepy? You know, I would start with that. And those are in. That's an in. You know, intrinsic skill that God gave us. So start with that. The second thing would would be to plan. Just like the schedule, like, you know, schedule rest, schedule lunch break, you know, um, schedule your workouts. And so I love to lift weights, but it doesn't happen unless it's in my schedule. Mm. Like I have to put it like gym, you know, lift weights, whatever you want to call it. You have to put those things in your schedule and make them a priority. And, and I know it's very hard when we're so busy, but nothing feels as good as a body that's being taken care of. Mm. And if we're planning, like, and, and hopefully planning in a way where we're not scared of any food. If we're scared of food, like God's bigger than that. Mm. You know, God is big, bigger than that. We, you know, if somebody offers me a piece of sourdough toast with an egg and avocado on it, I'm like all over it. <laughs> but, you know, if, <laughs> but if we're scared of that, God is bigger than that. We don't need to be scared of food. And a lot of if I make a recommendation to you that says, I need you to plan some meals, I want you to eat a whole egg, I want you to do this, and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, I can't eat that. I'm like, yeah, you can. You know, we don't want to be scared of food, but we want to also want to plan and, you know, have some balanced eating. But the first thing is like, listen to your body. The second thing would be plan. And that doesn't mean like cook 40 meals on Sunday, because I can assure you on Thursday night, that's going to be gross. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that doesn't mean do that. But it's like you want to you grill some chicken so you can make two or three meals out of it. Great. It means you've thought it through. You don't have to spreadsheet this. That gets That's a whole nother level. We don't have to do that. We just have to think it through. I'll tell some clients that are you know, in leadership positions that are super busy. I'm like, I need you tonight before you lay your head on the pillow to think through your day tomorrow. You don't have to write it down, but you need to know what's in your refrigerator or you need to know where you can grab a meal that's satisfying that will fuel you for doing your purpose during during your day. Just think it through because if we're too busy to do that, or we're too busy counting something or having all these, you know, intrinsic or extrinsic rules, then if we're too busy counting, how are we living our purpose? Mm. We're not fueling our body. So that would be the second thing I, w- I would do. The other thing would be like. Figure out movement, because bodies are designed to move, right? So figure out movement that brings you joy. Running does not bring me joy. <laughs> it used to. <laughs> if you see me running, there's a coyote behind me. <laughs> but, you know, every once in a while I might, like, run up a hill just to see if I can do it. But, like, I love hiking. I love being in nature. 
Um, you know, I like to lift weights because being strong is one of my values. And so thinking about how, um, how we can add those things into our lives and looking at it from a place of self-care. I think where diet culture has really messed us up is we look at these we look at these things as, oh, gosh, I have to take care of myself, and, and it's a should. You know, oh, I should eat better. I'm like, well, what does that mean? It looks different for everyone, you know, or I should do this. Instead of like, you know what, I feel so much better when I knock breakfast out of the park. And so that would be, you know, something that I would really look at. That's awesome. You uh, you mentioned a couple times, several times already, this idea of diet culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also are a self-proclaimed non-diet dietitian. Um, can you explain this? Um, for some people that maybe have heard that several times and they're saying, they're maybe drawing their own conclusions to what that means, diet culture. And then somebody who's obviously very knowledgeable, who in her bio is a self-proclaimed non-diet dietitian. Explain that and and what led you to that and, and why that's important as, you know, especially like you said, not cultural, but biblical. So mm-hmm. what's this diet culture language and maybe kind of unpack that for us? Okay, let's start, Yeah, definitely start with diet culture because that's pretty much what led me to be a non-diet dietitian. I, I was traditionally trained as a dietitian a long time ago. <laughs> so, um, and traditionally trained means you think about numbers, you think about calories, you think about a number on a scale. Um, and as I've evolved and learned and gr- grown and been trained, um, and, and looked at lots of lots of, my husband's a researcher. So like I have an in-house research researcher. So I'm like, is this good? Is this not good? And they do a good job. You know, this media outlet said this, is that right? He's like, oh, that's just garbage. So I was like, oh, or that's great. So diet culture preys on our vulnerabilities. And for women, it's appearance. And I think for men, it's also appearance. It could be longevity. It could be, it, there's there's status. There are a lot of things. So it basically, diet culture takes cultural values and it preys on our vulnerabilities. If if I looked like this, or I weighed this number, or mm. you know I could lift this much weight, or if I had a six pack, which let's be honest, very few people are genetically predispositioned for. Um, <laughs> Amen. I so, totally agree. I mean, come on. And <laughs> I'm glad this is radio and they can't see the difference between me and Scott. <laughs> but um, so diet culture preys on us. It, it makes us think we're not good enough. And it's a $70 billion industry. So they're doing something right. And that's diet culture. Diet, it, that's, and I'll, I'm going to be real honest. Diet culture overvalues appearance and teaches us that health is a number on the scale. And health is absolutely not a number on the scale. And this is where diet culture is in safe places. It's in medical offices. You know, we see it in churches. We see it in schools. It's because we're all made up. It's all made up of imperfect people that are, in, you know, live in this culture. And so the reason I transitioned, you know, the reason I'm so, you know, anti-diet culture and like helping people see that diet culture is in safe places. It's because what's it, what is it doing to us? If you keep a woman so focused or man so focused on, you know, specific macros or they're, you know, will eat this and won't eat that and their calories or a number on the scale, then they are not living their purpose. If you are blinded by numbers and the, and that is just my conviction but the science is there too. The science says a weight normative approach um, backfires, and shaming person, shaming someone doesn't really 
help them change. And I believe we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And if we are meant to be a diverse culture of Jesus followers, it is wrong for us to believe that there's not diversity in body sizes too. I mean, we see it in children. And so that's diet culture. And because the science tells us as well that health is not a number, you know, that helped me transition to being a non-diet dietitian. And some people are like, oh, non-diet, that's, that's so hokey. Anything goes. No, it's not. It's science-based as well. Because what non-diet means is like, I'm going to help you learn how to focus on behaviors that we know have a positive outcome. And weight is not a behavior. I'm not going to help you focus on a number on the scale because your genetics decide that. You know, even if a doctor tells you to do this or do that, they don't decide that. Genetics decide that. Our, our literature and research, even in the medical community, lends, its, you know, lends itself to, you know, over-focus and overvalue numbers. And I think if we're doing that as leaders and we're setting our, the people that look up to us, we're setting them up for failure because God made us to be lots of beautiful colors and sizes and everything. And non-diet doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, I'm going to eat a cupcake. I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to have a beautiful salad with all kinds of veggies and all these great things. It's still very balanced. And what I do is medical nutrition therapy. So I'm still like, if you come to me with a medical concern, I'm still going to help you learn to listen to your body and change your behaviors and, and give you recommendations that help support this medical issue. So it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do medical nutrition therapy, which is what people who are registered dietitians do. It means that I'm not going to put you on a silly diet and make you feel unworthy for living in the body that God put you in. It's powerful. That's right. Scott and I are both just sitting there looking at each other like, wow, that's just that's really good stuff. And as I'm I'm listening, Leslie, I mean, I wrote down the three three words you said a while ago that was really listen, plan, and movement. It's about listening to your body, it's about having a plan, and then it's about making sure that there's movement as kind of the basic starting point. And as I look at that list, and I think about my life and honestly, other than the movement part where I've got a plan every week for three days or four, if I can get there into the gym, um, the rest of it, I don't think I do very well. I don't think I, I have a plan at all, uh, for eating and, and, and nutrition. Uh, for me, it's driven by when the calendar tells me it's time to eat, it's time to eat. And, uh, and then the whole idea of listening to my body and that I don't even, I don't even know that I know how to do that because I've been so conditioned to eat when it was time to eat for so long. Um, so for somebody like me who's hearing that and going, so how do I start that? How do I, how do I begin there? So starting, and that's a question I would get from a client in my office. The, I mean, starting would be like, listen, I want you to eat breakfast. I don't care if you're hungry or not. Please get up and eat breakfast because you're going to have better hunger cues through the day. But then some of you are like, but then I'm more hungry. I'm like, congratulations, your body works. It's telling you That's awesome. to eat. So I would start with like, have a solid breakfast that, you know, feels satisfying. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I have people, I'm not going to pick on oatmeal too much, but I have people like, I have a bowl of oats and it's so good. I'm like, that's fantastic. Well, there's no protein. Let's have a nice balance, you know, have a nice balanced breakfast that gets you started. And a meal should carry you like three or four hours if it's enough, like a granola 
granola bar is not a meal. It's a snack. Mm-hmm. So start with um, start with a nice solid breakfast and be hydrated. Carry carry if you're not carrying a vessel for fluid with you during the day, you're probably not well hydrated. So, or if you don't have like a water machine that you visit, especially here in the desert. So, you know, stay hydrated because that, you know, just helps our, our bodies in general, in general, but also makes our hunger cues a little more evident. So listen to your body, um, start with breakfast and I'll have people just kind of jot down like when they actually have hunger cues. And here's the thing. If you roll into a lunch meeting at 12 to one, and that's when you have check in with yourself. Um, like, how am I feeling right now on a scale of one to 10? One is like ravenous or I'm going to pass out. And 10 is like Thanksgiving full after dessert. So in five is neutral. So think about, you know, the the one to five-ish being on the hunger side and the five to 10-ish being on satisfied to full to over full. And kind of think about that where where you are. Um, and, you know, stopping somewhere like at a comfortable seven, you know, if you had to get up and go for a walk with a friend, you you would be fine. So really checking in for like a week. And I do that by having people write it down on pencil and paper, you know, just pencil and paper. We can get <laughs> really carried away with our phones, but just jot it down. And, you know, I have a week at a glance um, little handout that I give people and I'm happy to give it to you to put in the show notes where people can just look at a week at week in a at a glance and just like, oh, okay. I noticed I got hungry here and I just blazed through it because I was in a meeting. And if we blaze through that hunger and then we go to lunch at two, you know, the appetizer meal and dessert sound really good mm. when you have primal hunger, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's like, you know, being willing to honor your, stop and honor your body and, and see that as self-care and see it as being a good steward of the vessel that we have. But also we show other people that. Mm. That you know what I'm getting hungry, and I and it's time for me to honor my body. And I use those words a lot. Honor, it's time to honor your body. So, mm. and Leslie, I'll be honest. I'm I'm sitting here and I'm listening, and I'm I'm somewhat uh, for those of you that are listening to this. I'm getting caught up so much so in what you're saying that I'm forgetting I'm supposed to now respond and talk because I'm thinking about my own life and I I eat. Predominantly, I mean, we, you just talked about uh, listening to your body. I, I want you to talk more about this idea of plan. But for me, I eat mostly when my schedule tells me it's time to eat because uh, with a full schedule, you know, you have these moments where, okay, this is when the lunch meeting is. And I go and I find myself, I'm sitting at the restaurant and I just order food. I don't even think about, am I hungry? I don't even give my, my I don't even give a moment's notice to listening to what my, body is telling me about whether or not I'm supposed to eat right now or how much to eat. I just go, this is the window, shovel it in. And then I grew up in that clean your plate culture where, you know, you don't leave something on your plate. You got to clean your plate or you're, you know, the, the starving people in the other parts of the world. So, um, so just talk about, talk a little bit more about that for those that are listening to this, like I am and trying to process it. And then uh, talk some more about about plan and how you how you have a plan for the week. Well, we'll we'll start with like transitioning from mechanical eating. Which, listen, I grew up clean play club too, yeah. and Miss Margaret would give me a gold star, you know, <laughs> and I would do anything for a gold star. So I was in the clean play club. I think I recovered after college sometime. But yeah, so it's like if if it's twelve o'clock, we show up to the meeting. We just we eat and we have this pause point, which is like. When it's done, we pause when there's nothing right, left, right. right? So when I have a client who's transitioning really from mechanical to more intuitive eating, um, what the recommendation is, I'm like, treat this like a basketball game. I'm going to need you to give it quarter breaks. So, you know, 
check in with yourself. How am I doing? Am, am I still hungry? It takes a while to transition this, but this is how we were, this is how we were born to eat. You watch a child eat and, and when they're finished, you know, they don't have to finish a jar of baby food or whatever's on their plate. They purse their lips, they turn their heads. They, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether there's food left or not and they're done, they're done. And so that's what we were born with, but our culture tells us just to finish it and move on. That's whole, the whole busyness culture. Um, so, you know, treat it like a quarter break. And if you're out to lunch, and a lot of us do lunch meetings and things like that, anytime someone comes to check on you, you check on you. If somebody comes to fill your water or your tea or whatever, okay, well, they just checked on you. Can you check on you? And that's like a nice little prompt sometime to get that, sometimes to get that started. So checking in on yourself, treating it like a quarter break, and knowing that like sometimes it's just so good you want to finish it. You, know? yeah. you just want to eat it. And then you can be like, you know what? This is really good. But you probably live somewhere where you can have really good food all the time. We yeah. have that privilege. Um, many of us have that privilege. And we can say, okay, enjoy this because this is the last bite. I recognize that I, my body is telling me that I'm getting satisfied. Mm-hmm. And we have to do some of that self-talk, but really checking in on ourselves, treating, give quarter breaks and check in when somebody checks on you. And about planning, um, I think I'm a little bit of a pathological planner. So I love, <laughs> I love, I love planning. Like I'll make a notebook for a vacation. Um, so <laughs> I love planning. But as far as planning food, like I'll sit down on – you know, a Saturday, Sunday, and think like, I've been doing this for a long time. I realize this is kind of part of what I do. But, you know, I'll sit down on a Saturday, Sunday, whatever, and like plan out the week. I look what's in my freezer. Okay, what proteins do I have? And then I'm like, how do I build a meal around it? Lots of families do it different ways. But the planning is crucial. And if we're like, oh, you know, if all you do is sit down tonight and pencil in on an index card, you used to have this client who had a always wore pocket shirts, and he would pencil it in on his little index card and carry it in his pocket, you know, like, okay, this is my plan for the day. And not to be militant or rigid about your food, but just to know, and it might be out with lunch clients, check in on yourself. It doesn't have to be like this prescribed amount of food or type of food. But you might be like, okay, eggs and berries, maybe a piece of toast for breakfast. Okay, that sounds good. Check. I'm going to carry that, you know, some trail mix or whatever, an apple with me. So I'll have a snack so I don't, you know, hit the vending machine. And then for lunch, okay, I'm out with friends. We're going to, and we're going to this restaurant. Ooh, this sandwich is really good. Their fries are really good, but what do I want both? If I'm eating mechanical and checking in, okay, I'm going to go for the sandwich and then I'm going to take that yogurt for the afternoon. And then, oh, we're having chicken and baked potatoes and green beans or whatever for dinner. So just thinking it through, um, you can sit down. I love to just plan dinners and plan enough proteins to where I can carry lunch mm. if I need to or have lunch planned. Um, so just that planning and start where it's not overwhelming. You'll have people that do their grocery shopping for a month. I don't know. who I That is not me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I probably shop once or twice a week, probably twice, to be honest, because Trader Joe's really close to my house. Uh, <laughs> and I'm slightly obsessed. But so... You know, just do the plan so you'll know the next couple of days. Do what is reasonable. I mean, we have to start where people are. And if you've never planned before, start the night before and just think through what you're going to do. Think through your travel days. Um, what makes you feel good when you're traveling? And start there. If you get to a week of dinners, great. If you get to one, if you're doing daily, that's fine. If you do every two to three, that's fine. Do what works, but check your schedule, plan it in, look at it as self care. Mm, that's incredible. It's awesome. You know, I, uh, just as we close, 
as you're talking, I'm thinking through all the different episodes we've done on different things. And if you listen to them, we, we've talked a lot about intentionality and discipline. And as I'm hearing you, I'm thinking, man, if leaders would be as intentional about what they're putting in their body and self-care and all that as we are on schedule and spiritual disciplines. And um, so if you're hearing this and you're thinking, I'll think about that at a different time, really, we're just talking about being intentional about being a good steward of your body and everything you've given us is just such applicable stuff. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. I, I need to, normally I don't necessarily go back and listen to these because a lot of the content I've heard from Vance over the last decade or so, but this is like, I'm going to need to sit with this one for a minute. I yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel the same way. So man, go buy Leslie's book, go on her website. Absolutely. Um, man, this has been really, really awesome. It is a longer episode, so we appreciate you hanging with us. But Leslie, thank you so much. This has been really, really, really awesome. And uh, yeah, we hope you join us next month. Check out all the, all the links in our show notes uh, just to connect with Leslie online. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next month on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.